Being part of the economic war room is a dream come true for me. I get to meet and work with the most brilliant and dedicated men and women in the country with one primary goal. We want to keep the republic that the founders gave us and pass liberty to the next generation. At the top of my list of heroes is Dr. Ben Carson. Not only is he America's most gifted neurosurgeon, but also the 17th Secretary of the Housing and Urban Development in the Presidential Cabinet. And after leaving the administration, he founded American Cornerstone Institute, also known as ACI. ACI is not a think tank. It is a solutions to action tank. And that's what we aspire to be in the Economic War Room and at Liberty Hawk Ranch for his entire life, whether as a surgeon, a politician, a cabinet officer, or now at ACI, Dr. Ben Carson solves problems. And so it's my pleasure to welcome you back to the Economic War Room. Oh, thank you, Kevin. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Well, thank you. You, you know, I, I saw a quote, actually, uh, our good friend Russell Lake pointed it out to me. There's a quote that says, economics is not brain surgery. <laughs> now, I'm only a little bit insulted because, you know, I think you're right. Economics should be really pretty simple. But it seems like somehow we've gotten away from that. We've got massive debt, a banking crisis, and a whole host of problems. Under President Trump, right up till COVID, everything was getting better. Mm -hmm. And then, boom, COVID hits. And since uh, the administration changed, everything's gotten worse. And it's all self-inflicted problems, you know. Uh, it used to be that people knew that if you infused a lot of capital into an economic situation without a concomitant increase in goods and services, that you would create massive inflation. Seems like they forgot that. Yeah, but that is the definition of inflation. <laughs> too much money chasing right. too few goods. Yeah. You, give, you know, that'd be true. You go to, into any, any school, you go to a lot of schools, mm -hmm. and, and take uh, some candy in for sale uh, to the kids, and then at the same time hand them a lot of free money. I'll bet the prices on candy go up. I'm sure it would. <laughs> you know, we did expect a boom, a real boom, after COVID coming out. People wanted to get back to work and everything else. That's what we saw in the 1920s following the Spanish flu. Right. But we didn't see that now. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think the culture has changed. And, you know, people are looking for the easy way out. And we unfortunately gave them the easy way out uh, with all of these handouts. And uh, they're not, it's not really free money because somebody has to pay for it. That's true. Uh, the next generations are going to have a significant problem. Right now, service on the, on the national debt is our third biggest expenditure for the government behind what? social services and defense. Now, you're right, it's not brain surgery. It's actually pretty simple math. Mm. When we had 1% interest rates and when President Trump left office, the debt was $27.7 trillion. That means we were paying $277 billion a year in, in interest payments, right. which is a whole lot of money. Way too much, right. more than we should be paying. Absolutely. But the debt's now grown to $32 trillion. It's and 6%. Yes. <laughs> so you, you add it up, we're putting more than half of all income tax, 
personal income tax, corporate in, income tax, not counting payroll taxes. I'm right. putting those, because those are supposed to pay for Medicare and Social Security payments. Mm -hmm. But put those aside, we only bring in about $3 trillion a year in total mm -hmm. income tax, and we're putting one and a half trillion or more just on interest. It's not sustainable. No. But uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the experts, I put that in quotations, like to say that there's an economic cycle. And it's a natural cycle, up and down, up and down. But I take issue with that. And I say it goes up when we have people in office who know what they're doing, and it goes down when they don't. Well, that's pretty true. consistent. That's true. <laughs> Unlike, you know, they, they won't believe there's a natural cycle in the temperature right. or the climate, which of course is nature. So it has a natural cycle by definition. Of course. But no, you're talking human-led activity, and unfortunately we don't have brain surgeons running the economy, <laughs> do we? We have just the opposite, unfortunately. And it's sort of what happens when, when you put politics ahead of everything else. You put it ahead of the well-being of the nation. And, you know, it's part of what allows us to keep a functioning republic, uh, having a sound economic system. And so when Ben Franklin said, if you can keep it, uh, he wasn't just talking about, you know, politics. He was talking about the health of our system. Yeah, well, here's the prescription that the left has given us. Higher regulation, more taxes, free money, uh, allow the borders to be open so people can come across. We fund woke so that we tell corporations to be doing a diversity, equity, right. inclusion instead of making money. And then we tear down the education system. Well, you know, what happened with uh, Silicon Valley Bank is just a, a prime example of what you just talked about. When you take people who are inexperienced uh, in the area of banking and investments and you put them on the board and you start making investments in things that are not going to bring you big returns except maybe politically because you satisfy the ESG requirements why wouldn't you have an economic problem? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Anybody should know that that's gonna cause a problem, but they don't even think about that because they subjugate everything uh, to this cultural war that's going on. And I think probably the only way we're gonna ever resolve that is people who understand have to be courageous. They have to be willing to speak out um, vehemently uh, against this woke agenda, which is destroying our system. You know, banking should be about banking. It should be about appropriate investing. It should not be about social engineering. No, you're exactly right. You know, I, I guarantee you that the shareholders of Silicon Valley Bank wish that they could get back the $74 million that they gave to, to Black be, Lives um, Matter yeah. as hush money, leave us alone money, basically. Right. Right. So we're going to need to take a break. When we come back, though, let's talk about the American Cornerstone Institute okay. and some of the solutions that you're building there. Okay. Faith, liberty, community, life. 
These are bedrock cornerstones, and we've covered them with Dr. Ben Carson before in our episode, Six Steps to Save America. Each is essential, but now I'm watching as American Cornerstone is putting those into practical application. We saw the cornerstone laid, now we're seeing the building built upon it. The vision is becoming reality. So Dr. Carson, let's talk about some of your solutions. I mean, I see on your website, ACI was built to champion conservative solutions to our nation's toughest challenges. What does that mean? That means we're gonna use logic and common sense uh, when we're looking at the issues that are impinging upon everybody's lives. And it seems like uh, logic and common sense have gone out of the window. I talk to people from other countries frequently and they all have the same question for me. What happened to you guys? <laughs> what happened to the United States? Even the French are asking. And uh, you know, that is really problematic. And what American Cornerstone was designed to do is to help us refocus on those things that made the difference. I mean, how did we go from a bunch of ragtag militiamen to the most powerful, uh, and respected nation in the world in record time. That was not a coincidence. It was because there were principles that we grasped that guided us. And that included things like our faith, which taught us how to treat each other. Love your neighbor, not cancel your neighbor. It was the fact that we allowed people to have freedom, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, to be able to do things the way you wanted to do them as opposed to the way someone else wanted you to do them. And the people who say that we're not a beacon of freedom and that we're not a promised land, they're obviously not looking at our southern border. <laughs> because it true. seems like everybody's trying to get in here and they wouldn't be trying to get in here if those things were true. And then the ability of people from different backgrounds to work together, particularly in the early history of our country, there were people from Germany, there were people from Portugal, there were people from England, there were people from all over the place. They spoke different languages sometimes but they were able to subjugate all of those differences to the greater good. And those communities of 20 families, 50 families, 100 families, not only survived, but they thrived. And they grew and they coalesced and created a very strong basis for our country. And our respect for life, our respect for each other, it was, something that was very admirable. And, you know, I can remember a time when if you went out of the country and you ran into another American, that means there, there was immediate friendship, immediate bond there. Now it's, uh, are you one of those? Are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? And um, we've allowed others to really destroy the thing that made us into such a powerful nation. No, I think you're right. And even on the right, even on the conservative side, we have so many people that are, that are trying to create outrage. 
-hmm. trying to create frustration and anger. And their solution is always, give us money and vote for us and we'll solve your problems. It's never, let's work together and find mm -hmm. solutions. And, and that's, that's why I love American Cornerstone Institute, is because you're all about solutions. Here's mm -hmm. one uh, pulled up from Daily Caller recently. It says, Ben Carson launches executive branch training program. You had one of the best run agencies in Washington, went from the worst to the best, mm -hmm. and uh, now you're gonna train. Tell us how that works. Well, first of all, people need to recognize that traditionally, HUD had been seen as sort of the cesspool uh, agency with all kinds of uh, economic and fiscal problems. And they were always talking about all these scandals. They had not had an audit in eight years. You're required to have an audit every year, but you couldn't do an audit because there were so many material defects. You just couldn't do it. And uh, fortunately, uh, we were able to convince Irv Dennis, uh, a senior partner at Ernst & Young. Yeah, we've got his book right here. Yes. He was able to come in and uh, create a team and really transform everything. We even had real-time data on where every penny was going. So by doing that, you could allow a lot more autonomy to the various jurisdictions. And they, of course, could do a much better job than a bunch of bureaucrats sitting in Washington, D.C. But uh, you had the appropriate type of oversight in that situation. And that's why we were able to get so many programs through. It made a huge difference. Right, and you've launched an executive branch training program to help in every federal agency. Yes, because, uh, you know, one of the problems that exists in Washington, D.C., is the career employees are mostly people who live in that area. Mm -hmm. So they sort of embrace the politics of that particular area. And they're dispersed throughout the federal government. Makes it very difficult for somebody who perhaps doesn't share their philosophy to get things done because they can slow things up or they can speed things up. And that's why we need to get more people uh, who have different ways of thinking in there so we can balance things off. Also, a, a lot of the politicals, when they go in, like a new congressman comes in, a new senator comes in, they bring a staff with them that frequently know very little about how Washington works. And they're like deer in the headlights. And it takes them months or even a year to just even acclimate to the point where they can be effective. Even the best ones, that's even true. Even the best ones. So what we've done is created a, a learning program online, free of charge, by the way, which outlines all the things that actually go on, all the interactions, how the Office of uh, Management and Budget works, how budgets are created, and... Uh, regulations and how regulations are created or uncreated. Um, and it allows people to hit the ground running and actually know what they're doing. And that's what we have, we've got to do. That's a part of it. 
Part of it may be we need to move some of the federal agencies out of Washington, D.C. Oh, I love that. Idea. <laughs> All right, we're going to need to take another break. When we come back, let's talk about contrasting futures, if we go the right way or the wrong way. Okay. Dr. Carson, I know you work a lot with, with young people in the Little Patriots program. It's beautiful. I, I love all of the curriculum that you developed and all the, the cartoons and everything. They teach about what America is about. But if we don't return to the right principles, what kind of future are those kids going to have? And contrast that with what they should have. Yeah. Well, you know, my biggest nightmare is to wake up and be a young person. No. <laughs> to deal with all this stuff. Everybody always likes to say, it's all the same, it's always been the same. It has not been the same. The things that our young people are bombarded with now is uh, unconscionable. Mm -hmm. You know, from TikTok, uh, from the internet in general, uh, from the classrooms, uh, all over, they're hit with, with stuff that undermines uh, our values and our principles. And can you imagine being a very young child whose brain isn't even fully developed yet? The brain doesn't fully develop until the mid to late 20s. And you have this undeveloped brain being told to consider whether they feel like a girl or a boy. No. You know what's funny about that is I just saw a Democrat congresswoman say that uh, we shouldn't charge young people with murder. They shouldn't be tried as adults until they're 25 or 26. And yet at the same time, a five-year-old should get surgery. Right. I mean, it's crazy. It makes no sense at all. And, you know, as, as far as uh, young people not being charged for uh, violent crime, uh, that's going on all over the country, and the criminals are taking advantage of it. They're getting 12-year-olds to shoot and kill people, knowing that uh, you know, they won't suffer the consequences of doing that. It's a real difficult situation that we've put ourselves in, but our young people are also being taught to evaluate people on physical characteristics, the color of your skin, on identity politics, not consider who that person is, the content of their character. And that only leads to division in the long run. They're being taught, particularly the, the black youngsters, that they can't achieve fairness in our society and that there's been just long-term unfairness and that the only way that we can resolve that is with reparations and people need to pay us all this money well those who have followed politics for a long time know that this is just a political ploy mm. uh, they know good and well that's never going to happen and nor can it happen because the logistics of doing it are impossible. I mean, who gets actual money? And who pays the money? The majority of white people in the South did not own slaves. It was the aristocrats who owned slaves. So should the people whose families never owned slaves have to pay reparations? And then what about the people who were not slaves, who came here uh, subsequent to that time, 
or who weren't slaves in the first, and there were black people who were slave owners. So, you know, what about their descendants? I mean, it's just untenable. It makes absolutely no sense. And some people point to uh, what happened with the Japanese internment, and they said they were paid reparations. Well, that was easy. Those were the actual people. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think about this, and I think, well, my mother's side was uh, Scotch-Irish, and my father's side's Cherokee, and so do I owe from half of me to the other half? I mean, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely makes no sense, except if you're using it as a political ploy mm -hmm. to say to black people, you know, black people have been leaving the Democratic Party, but this is the party that's going to get all this money for you. So come that's back That's what home. Lyndon Johnson said. I know. And look what the Great Society has done to America. Absolutely. Been very destructive in the long run. So, but, you know, the Little Patriots is to focus on those values and those principles that made this into a great nation. Bring back values. Bring back understanding that there is such a thing as right and wrong, that other people have feelings too, that you should deal with those in a kind and compassionate way, that working together gives us strength, and tearing each other down only weakens us and makes us vulnerable. And look at how our enemies now are you know, joining together. Uh, recognizing that there's weakness here, no, that no. there's not leadership here, that this is their opportunity to really take advantage of that. And I hope we're able to recover. Well, you're doing your part. I mean, I see you working like crazy, going to schools and visiting. You were there this morning. How did the kids respond? Oh, they were wonderful. They were so enthusiastic. Uh, you know, I, sp I spoke from, to several groups of kids today from K through five, to middle school, to high school. And um, every group was just incredibly enthusiastic and thrilled. And you know, I explained to them what's going on in our society and about all the influences that are trying to grab them and how they need to be weary of these and not succumb to those things. Remember, even the Bible tells us how important it is early on. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. Um, our enemies understood that as well. The uh, Marxist-in-chief, Vladimir Lenin, said, give me your children to teach for four years, and the seed that I sow will never be uprooted. So that's why they're so anxious to get in there and to affect those impressionable young minds. And Think about the human brain. Everything you put in there stays in there. It remembers everything you've ever seen, everything you've ever heard. And even if you don't use it and you haven't used it for 50 years, it's still there. Uh, and it can influence who you are and what you do. Well, you know the question, a republic if you can keep it, uh, was the answer that Dr. Franklin gave. You're helping to keep it. You're with solutions, and you're whether it's training executives in Washington D.C. or training 
five-year-olds at, at elementary school, you're making a real difference with the American Cornerstone. We're trying to model a little bit here. You were a part of Liberty Hawk Ranch when we first started. We handed you a book and said, yeah. would you pray for us? <laughs> and, and you did, and look, here we are. We have this miracle. It's amazing what's happening. Yeah, it is. And so we're so grateful for your leadership across you know, whether it's been in schools or whether it's been in, in education or, or brain surgery or in the government, you've been a great patriot and we're, we're very grateful to know Well, you. we appreciate your support, your encouragement as we've been working on this. And we will continue to do this because we have to save our country because the rest of the world is dependent on that as well. No question. Thank you, Dr. Carson. Hey, we're going to summarize all of this in our free economic battle plan. You can get it at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.